if you want to. quest notes, get out all that stuff, and we are going to talk about this stuff today. We'll end up at Bree, or Rivendell. And if you want, we're going to watch a few minutes, okay? So have your notes out on Rivendell, and start writing down metaphor things that can connect, okay? Start jotting that stuff down. <laughs> Mr. Anderson is uh, from the Matrix now at Rivendell. And it is 10 o'clock in the morning on October the 24th, if you want to know. Yes. And you're all lucky to be here, too.
Boobs. <laughs> Frodo! Sam, what bless you, you're awake! <laughs> Sam was Arthur Lindley's side. Without worry about you, won't Mr. Gandalf? I'm the schools of Mordor. You're beginning to melt. Welcome, Sam. Alright, get everything out. What's what is this place like? Look at Rivendell. What are some things you can write down for metaphors? Yes, it did. I'm not like you, Gilbert. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 just not today. Mind you. Packed already. I don't want to be a repetitive. Thought you wanted to see the old sound. I do, more than anything. I did. in the east. His eye is fixed on Rivendell. And Saruman, you tell me, has betrayed us. Our list of allies grows thin. Uh-oh. 
I think it's interesting that we've got, I know, we've got the Boromir comes in, Legolas comes in, Gimli comes in, and then we've got, we've got the Aragorn thing, we got here's where Isildur should have destroyed it and didn't, but there's Boromir, real tension with Aragorn, there's the sword, it actually gets reforged in the book, right then and there, right, oh, can you feel the love in Rivendell? Right, smooching on the bridge, just like Christmas banquet. Oh, oh wait, yeah. all right. All right, sorry, that's horrible. Mr. D, what are you doing? You're the Bible teacher, come on. I'm not trying to get to the smooch, I'm trying to get right after it. Oh, there's the smooch, oh my gosh, oh no! I'll explain. There it is. Okay, we're going to stop right there. Okay. So let's uh, let's jump in. We're gonna end up after Moria by the end of class. We're gonna kind of just move our way along. And uh, I know it's the end of the day. It's your last block day of the semester. Last block period of the semester. And uh, here's what I would ask you to do. I know some of you are a little tired of the metaphor thing or whatever. You're just tired period of school right now. If I could just ask you. To not check out for this last lesson here. Uh, in about 15 minutes, we're going to end up at Rivendell. We're going to spend about a half an hour doing literally the culminating lesson of the entire semester where I'm trying to pull everything together. So if you could hang in there for that, that would be great. Yes. Um, are we going to go back to the last bridge? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to go through all that kind okay. of stuff. So I was just kind of letting us watch this right now, and then we're going to get to it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'm I'm explain all that. We're going to get to all that. We're going to get to all that. So, I just wanted to get us to this point, so now we'll back up a little bit and explain it, and then we'll get to here, we'll do that lesson, and then we'll actually get to the Balrog and stuff today as well. So, somebody want to pray? I'll do it. Yeah, let's pray together. Lord, thanks for getting us to this point. It's been a long semester. It's been quite a journey in some respects. Thanks for your love and grace to us in this class. And I ask you to help me to teach clearly, bless our efforts to make some sense out of this stuff, and to maybe even find some conviction to really apply it to our lives. Thank you for Tolkien's story and what it can offer us and the opportunities we have in it. In your name, amen. All right. We ready? Um, let's uh, figure out where we are here now. On the map, let's just do that real quick. Where have you guys drawn a line up to? Brief. Brief. Okay, so let's do that. Let's get you guys, let's get to Rivendell right now. <coughs> so on the map, we're at Brief. What we do is we go north, 
east out of Bree into Chetwood Forest, and then to Midgewater Marsh, and then straight east to Weathertop. It's the bottom mountain in that little mini mountain range. How are we doing? Everybody see that? For you? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. Oh, ah, how are you? Good. Good to see you. Holy cow. <laughs> Good. Come on in. Why don't you tell everybody who you are, where you're coming from on your journey, because you're on journeys right now. Isn't that crazy? Hi. Hi. <laughs> give you a hug? Yeah. Hi, guys. Hi. My name is Katrina. Katrina. I'm coming from Taylor University. Whoa! Yay. And it's fitting you show up on the day we're so talking funny. about journey. Yeah. How's the journey? <laughs> Journey's been, <laughs> been interesting. Yeah. Good. College is good, guys. So yeah. much fun. Great. Yeah. Are you going to stay or do you have to head out? Or? I have to head out. Oh. I have to take my finals here. All right. Well, great to see you. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. I love this. I love this class. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah, you too. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Alright. So, we leave Bree, go to Chetwood, go to Midgewater, go to Weathertop. We get stabbed at Weathertop. Bummer. So, how is it going north of the road for us? Not so good. So, let's go south. And here, just kind of do your best to follow my direction. Go a little bit south of the road to the R in the word road. Everybody see that? And then go to the B in bridge, like Lombardo. No. All right, cross the bridge, and then go northeast into the Trollshaw Forest. We see the trolls that are stone. Go to the edge of the Trollshaw Forest, and then the helicopter shot that we just saw of them booking it down to the river is right here. It's from the edge of this forest down to the river. And then go right to Rivendell right there. And then we've made it to Rivendell. Do we have any other marks besides Weathertop? Nope, we're good. You can, you can go from Weathertop down across the bridge and over to Rivendell if you want. We're going to do that right now. Okay? We good? Any questions? No. So, I think I talked to you guys about those ways to look at Frodo getting stabbed, right? We, had, we did two of them. Am I correct? I didn't write it down, but I think so, right? Did I talk about the Lexi Youngberg situation with you guys? Yeah, we already did that. So let's just make sure we got Weathertop figured out. And at Weathertop, I tried to explain to you that one, the general metaphor is Frodo gets stabbed and wounded, right? Which is fine. And then I got to put on my English teacher hat, whatever that looks like. And I said, you can take that metaphor, though, and the way that Tolkien writes it, explode that into three different ways to see that one metaphor, right? where friends screw up and Frodo gets hurt, right? I used the Lexi Youngberg situation for that. And I think it's interesting to consider that one. Even though he's hurt, he still forgives them and continues on his journey and gets healing, right? I think, if, am I right to remember that we talked about abuse as another option for this and how Frodo is a victim? His protector is not there. Aragorn is a protector and he's not there. Can he fight off ring race? No. So I think abuse fits in that one very well. And I tried to say, hey, not your fault, right? Not your fault. The protectors weren't there. Aragorn was actually not even being negligent. He was out tracking. Like he, that's what he does. 
but they get attacked, wound, and whatever type of abuse it might be, whatever type of childhood wound that might be, it's not your fault, but you were wounded. What do you need to do? Go get some help. Go to Rivendell and get that help and uh, move on with your quest. That third one, which I don't think I got to, but if I did, we'll say it again real quick. That third one is, Frodo was told by Gandalf, don't put on the ring, and then what does he do? Puts it on, and then, then what happens? He gets hurt. Anybody ever gonna raise their hand on that one? Like, I've screwed up and hurt myself? <laughs> yeah, like I think some of us can relate to that. And Tolkien writes it so that you can see all of those different metaphors. And if you're the one who wants to be like, yeah, I, I know a point in life where I've messed up and I've been hurt because of my mess up, A, go get help, right? B, on that one, we probably gotta forgive ourselves. I think there's forgiveness in all three of those. And all three of them have us getting help and getting healing. Onward? All right, let's do it then. Let's keep going. Sorry, i got to keep my throat in, in order. So, we're booking it to the last bridge. And now, uh, did I already tell you guys this story about my dad and college? Not this class, right? I don't think no. so. So let's do the last bridge. We're booking it to the last bridge. And if you're Aragorn, you got a wounded hobbit and three chubby little hobbits, and you got to get to Rivendell as fast as you can, and you're walking towards the bridge, and you know there's ring race who are going to try and get you, where's the ambush going to happen? At the bridge. Does that make sense? Like, he knows it. He's like, ah, uh, uh, what are you going to do about the bridge? And if you're a ring race, where are you going to hang out? Look at where they have to go. they get to Rivendell. So you're going to, like, hang out and ambush them at the bridge. And they get to the bridge, and does anybody know what happens? It's, a, it's not in the movie. They walk right across it. They get to the bridge. I would have put them in some shrubs or something in the movie. Go! And they run, and they're running across the bridge, and they look down, and they see this jewel on the bridge, right? It's got a G on it. Not for Gandalf, but for... Glorfindel. Glorfindel is an elf warrior who on his resume has fighting Nazgul, right? He loves to fight Nazgul. He's got a horse that's faster than the Nazgul. The only other horse that's faster is Gandalf's horse, Shadowfax, right? And so he fights them off. The way that I phrase this as the metaphor is someone else fought the battle for them. I like that, right? They had an inevitable battle. They had something that's gonna be a problem and they get there and it's already taken care of. Sweet! <laughs> they cross the bridge and keep going. Like it's huge. And it could have been an ending of the entire quest. This is a big deal. Right? They get into the troll shaws. They're called the troll shaws. What could they get attacked by there? But they're already turned the stone. Who's seen the Hobbit movie? The first one. Right? Gandalf stalls them out. The sun comes up. They turn to stone. Do they have to fight the trolls off? That battle was fought a long time ago for them, which I think is pretty cool. That reminds me, it's a similar thing, another battle fought for them, but that's like a generational one. Like grandma and grandpa fought this battle for our family, and now we don't have to deal with it. Kind of cool, yeah? Tolkien writes those in very, you know, overtly into the story. I think another thing that happens at the Trollshaws is uh, Frodo and Merry and Pippin, especially Sam, has heard stories. How many times has Bilbo told him the troll story, right? 
And now they're like staring at the trolls. Like, oh my gosh, like we're in this story. Whoa, it's really real, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I had something kind of funky happen like this, uh, where it was that we're on the same path that our ancestors went on. Uh, some of you have it, where you're walking the hallways of Wheaton Academy and your parents went here, right? And so you're like, you're on that same journey. I, had, I did a 96-day adventure trip called Knolls, and two weeks of the trip was in the Grand Canyon. So we were going to be hiking down in the Grand Canyon. And we got to the trailhead. Crazy. I, the leaders had fun with this one. We got to the trailhead, and it was the Dominguez Escalante Trail. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> I guess some of my relatives put a trail through the Grand Canyon, and I got to hike it. You know? And I was like, that's kind of cool. You know, like nobody else in the group could say that they were related to those people, and my name, Dominguez, right there. That's kind of fun, right? Awesome. Um, I think, let me give you one more example for the last bridge where a battle is fought for them. True story. True story. My dad, well, I can go back even farther. We've got the sombreros up there. My grandpa Sam from Chihuahua, Chihuahua, Mexico did not swim across the border. <laughs> he paid the guard five bucks, right? And hitched his way up to the train yards, five bucks back then, or hitched his way up to the train yards in inner city Chicago, uh, married some blonde Dutch woman and had seven kids. They were dirt poor, one bedroom apartment down in Austin, right? And my dad went to Austin High School and uh, you know, they were dirt, Poor. My dad, everybody was telling my dad, you got to go to college, you got to go to college, you're a genius, you got to go. He's like, I can't go to college, I don't have any money. And so the youth pastor got him hooked up with Houghton College, got him accepted to Houghton College. Cool. One of his friends was accepted to Houghton College, he hopped in that guy's bug, VW bug, and they drive all the way out to New York. And my dad fully anticipated to turn around and drive home. Because this is before all the FAFSA and financial aid stuff, mm -hmm. like, if you go to college, you have to do what? Pay for it, right? So he gets in the registration line, and he gets his uh, his courses, gets his books, gets his dorm room assignment, gets his roommate assignment, gets his mentor assignment, and what's next? Everybody's handing checks to the lady to like pay for college, right? And he was like, he was gonna like beg or ask her, did he have a job or pay them? Like he was gonna try and figure something out, but he's like, he was anticipating having to go home. He gets there, and so the story goes, right? He gives him his name, and the lady flips it through the papers, and she's like, oh, Richard H. Dominguez, you're paid in full. And he's like, what? And he's like, Make sure, can you check, double check that? She's like, yeah, Richard H. Dominguez, you're paid. And he's, just, he's standing there, like, what? And the line is like, they, they pushed him. He's like, uh, uh, oh, okay, my dad went to college. Somebody did what? for his school. We don't know who it is. We still don't know who it is. Pretty cool. It wasn't the youth pastor, right? Like whatever. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Someone paid for my dad to go to school. My dad goes to school. He becomes a doctor. All Here I am. Years. Like what was that? Wow. Uh, for three. I think for the first one for sure. I'm not sure about the other two. I have to double check my facts, but I think yeah. Pretty cool, isn't it? He had this battle for his journey, and someone fought it for him. I think what's kind of fun is in that metaphor, I love it. Some of you are going to have, have had battles fought for you already to get to where you are, let alone later. But some of you can be who in the story? The person 
big orphan though. Like, wouldn't it be fun? Go make a ton of money and then pay for someone's college. Wouldn't it? like seriously? For some of you, that would be really fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, right. Like, have a ball, buy someone a car, get someone a bike, or you just give someone a lunch ticket tomorrow, and you can fight a little battle for them. Yeah, we tracking? Right, kind of fun. Um, let's uh, let's keep going. We're at the edge of the troll shots, and we book it down to the Ford at Rivendell. Now, the Ford at Rivendell is uh, that was scene that I started class with. You know, they're on the horse, yeah, and the music, and they're going there, and they're getting chased by the ring race. What are some things you guys can see in that for metaphor? What's your brain? I think in the movie, which is fine, if you want to go with the Arwen thing, she comes in, she's praying, definitely. The elves have gifts of healing, and they have gifts of prophecy, and they pray. I mean, in the Hobbit movie, right, she like, Prays over the guy and heals him in the second movie. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Go Peter Jackson, right? <laughs> he just sticks it there right in the movie. So yeah, she's definitely praying. And in the movie, she comes, throws him on the horse, and rides him to Rivendell. That's a nice metaphor. Some of us can do that for other people is take them to the hospital, take them to the therapist, take them to the help that they need. That's great. Yeah. In the book. Glorfindel gives him his horse, which is amazing. I don't know what the new hot car is. What's the new hot car on the market right now? Lam People have been saying Lamborghinis uh, or what is it, Bugatti? Am I saying that right? Yeah. Uh, well, whatever. I don't know. I like I like Toyota Land Cruisers, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be like it'd be like uh, Glorfindel throws your keys. Here's my Lamborghini, and Frodo is like <laughs> ripping it down to Rivendell, right? Which is awesome. And uh, so that's a huge gift, like loaning someone the means of getting to where they need to go. Like give them a flight or a plane ticket or a, buy them a car or give them a bike or I don't know, whatever it is. Um, but Glorfindel gives him his horse and then Frodo is outrunning the enemy. He is running away from this stuff that's haunting him and hunting him, right? I think of Potiphar's wife coming out scantily clad and what does Joseph do? runs. <laughs> Good, we got to do that. You got to run away from the enemy. Now Tolkien also adds into the metaphor that can you and I just run from sin our whole life? I mean, you can. It's just annoying and exhausting, right? And so yes, we are told to flee temptation, right? So that's part of the metaphor. But the other part of the metaphor is Frodo gets to a safe place. He gets to Rivendell. It's safe. And then he says this powerful line. He turns and faces the ringwraith and says, go back. Go back to the land of shadow. You shall have neither the ring nor me. It's a pretty cool line. It's plop. He falls off his horse and then, you know, he's fine. But from a safe place, he turns and faces the enemy. And what does the Bible say? Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Right? Paul says, stand. And then he says, stand firm. And so there's a place to run, but there's also a place to turn and stand and face. I'm a child of the king. Get off my back in the name of Jesus. Go away. Right? I have the Holy Spirit in me. You have no claim over me. I'm adopted. Like all, we got to know our identity and face the enemy and not just run away from Satan all the time. Go team. I like that one. That's a good one. Actually, he does that, and then what happens to the ring race? You guys saw it. 
washed away. Bless you. That's a powerful baptism metaphor, or the that new Moses movie that's coming out. Ooh, that's gonna be fun. Right. But like the the, the horses and chariots are washed away. I guess that that kind of concept. And some of you have had that in your life. You've literally had a washing clean, or sin has been washed away and it's not bothering you anymore. The problem with the ring race is what? They come back. Yeah. Yikes. All right. Anything on, anybody else need more information for the Ford at Rivendell? How are we doing? We have enough there? Mm -hmm. uh, there was one that someone said last class, which is cool, from the book, um, Frodo, Sam, Mary, Pippin, all of them, Aragorn and Glorfindor holding up torches. On the other side, cheering them on, go, go, like a cloud of witness concept, or pushing the ring race down into the water. And Frodo sees that, he's encouraged. I think that's kind of a cool moment. All right, I'm going to stop talking for a little while. You guys now just start throwing the laundry list out there. We are at Rivendell. We just watched it, some of it, and you've hopefully watched it on your own, maybe even read it. What are some metaphor options for Rivendell? Heaven -like. Huh? Heaven like. I, yeah, someone said that last class. I like it's kind of heavenish. It's like heaven on earth. It's like the kingdom, right? This kingdom moment. Yeah. But it's also kind of like a false sense of security because, like, you face there, but like. Can't stay there. No. Can't stay there. I think that's really powerful to realize. Like, this is another place that's safe and secure, but still can't stay there. The way to frame it is that if they don't destroy the ring, that place will get destroyed, right? Yeah. Um, I said. You saw Bilbo again, so it's like a long-lost friend. Yeah, it's great. He sees Bilbo again. It's a family reuniting. It's a long-lost friend connection. And what does he get from Bilbo? Uh, no. Yeah, remember he gets the sword yeah. from Bilbo that glows? Someone needs to make an app for that, right? Like your phone glows and buzzes <laughs> when there's evil and temptation around. <laughs> they, they make millions. <laughs> he also gets what? The, the chainmail shirt, which is huge myth real, right? The mithril shirt. The myth is real. And that thing saves his life. It's that, that functional aspect of righteousness that saves him. You had a hand up? Um, it's like a place for restoration. Yeah. Yeah, it is definitely a place of healing, restoration. Um, this would be like a really good therapy center or counseling center or CDH or a <laughs> hospital. Like this is one of those places where there's healing, emotional, spiritual, physical healing. Yeah. That's good. I, I'm going to write that one down. Reflection. Right? And, and, it, and in that, you get the Council of Elrond chapter, which is like really long. Right? But they're talking, they're planning, they're processing, they're reflecting on the past, they're thinking about the future. Saruman has betrayed them. Right? So it's a good place of strategy and counsel and mentoring. Nice. That's good. Other ones on this. You guys are doing great. I think we're starting to figure this thing out. This is where they get the fellowship, right? Is Frodo doing this alone? No. No way. He can't do it alone. We're going to watch some of that right now, but he can't do it alone. He's not meant to do it alone, right? Yeah. Say that again. Oh, the meeting? This? No, this is actually right before Karadra. This is the meetings part, yep. So we're going to do that in just a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I just had a question. Um, 
quick question. Um, are we going to get through all of these today? Not today. Okay, then how do we do our... We'll do the ones tomorrow. We'll do the other ones tomorrow. Okay, I'll just sure that Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get enough tomorrow to where we'll be able to crank through the last few ones tomorrow, and then there'll be other bills to work. And hopefully, part of the goal is that you're learning to do it on your own. Does that make sense? But yeah. I'll give you enough, for I sure. I just wasn't sure if, like, we were going to have to cut off. No, 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 no. We'll make it. We'll make it. Um, a couple other ones to consider here is Frodo chooses to take the ring. We're going to watch this in just a second. But this is really important for a distinction. I like the metaphor here. A lot of us have inherited evil. We've grown up dealing with temptation. We've grown up struggling with certain sins. We're doing our best on the journey. We got it. I think about someone who maybe has struggled with pornography. So with pornography, I'm wrestling with this thing. Yay, I found some victory. And now we're choosing to fight it. See, Frodo chooses to take this on. So that'd be like, okay, now I'm going to take on the porn industry and bring it down. Like, there we go. This is someone who struggled with cutting or struggled with bulimia or anorexia or disordered eating. And like they're struggling with it and then they find freedom from it. Sweet, we made it to Rivendell. And now what are you going to do? Become a therapist, right? Like you're going to go help others with this. You're going to make this your quest. That makes sense? So there's a big difference here. One is he inherits it and gets it to Rivendell, but now we don't blame him for going home and being done with it, and he chooses to take on the burden and make it more of a vocation. So we watch the video. I think that's enough. We got plenty for Rivendell. All right. So as we jump in here, I'm going to stop at a bunch, but this is the part where if you've checked out, I get it. Lots of notes, lots of information, long day. But if I can have your attention for a half an hour, this is that last big final lesson in some respects. Obviously, I'll still teach in the next couple of days. But this is the culminating moment um, for me in the philosophy class. So here we go. Ready? Strangers from distant lands, friends of old, you've been summoned here to answer the threat of Mordor. Middle-earth stands upon the brink of destruction. None can escape it. I like that. Now, I have, like I said, I set my room up like that porch. And I do it for Shakespeare as well. But if I wasn't teaching Shakespeare, I would still set my room up like this for this lesson specifically. So that we are sitting on a porch. And you know what I love about it now? I mean, I've taught this for 14 years. But now it really fits that. We really do have lots of different denominations people who aren't even part of denominations and we have all different races sitting in the room right now from where all over the world <laughs> like that's just awesome like this is really happening in the room right now and quite frankly this is for me where we're way beyond grades we're way beyond homework this is now where this story and this class hits your lives for real like this is real life stuff bound to this fate this one dude Bring forth the ring. Frozen. And there it is. Right? In the movie, here is this evil ring that they're going to work together to go destroy, and then they'll fight off evil. How's that sound? Pretty straightforward. Let's go do it. Get it done. 
So what if I grab the ring right here? I've got this ring, all right? And I bring forth the ring, Mr. D. I stick it down right there. Wouldn't that be nice if we could do this? Who wants to go destroy this with me? Anybody? Yeah, we'll take this back to the Metolius factory and throw it in the fires where they made it. And then all of the evil in our world is done. Go team. Yay, that sounds like fun. And is it that easy for us? No, but is it the same metaphor? Yes. And so what they've done is in this story, this thing, if they don't destroy this, it will destroy them. Got it? So what is it? What is it now where I pull it off the screen and put it right here in the classroom? Let me give you a few thoughts, and then I'm going to let you guys think about it. And uh, in about four or five minutes, I'm going to ask you, what are the rings? What are the rings that we need to destroy? But let's do an example. What if this is pornography? This represented pornography in our culture right now. It was bad 20 years ago when I went to Leave Academy. There were porn mags all over the place, and there were porn movies, and there was movies that had illicit sex in it, but it, it was less, a lot less. How about 20 years later for you guys? It's everywhere. This is out of control. It's crazy what's going on in our culture. It is probably on half the phones in the hallways at this school, let alone Chromebooks. It's all over TV. The movies have illicit, illicit sex all over them. It's on the stinking billboards on the way to the city, right? Like, this is all over. And now we have sex trafficking, not just in other parts of the world, but in DuPage County, people get sold for sex. This is crazy, right? If we don't deal with lust and porn in our culture, what's it going to do to our culture? It, it, by the way, you guys, like, for real, What's, if this is how bad it is for you in 20 years, what will it be like for your kids? Oh my gosh, this is crazy. And it's already infiltrating into the churches. Like think of all the sex scandals in the past 10 years. Oh my gosh, we, like, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. Like I'm just saying, is this a real issue? It really is. What about like corporate greed and corruption politically? It's bad. It's been bad, but just in the state of Illinois, if we don't deal with this, what's going to happen? We're done, let alone our country. And if you guys think I'm exaggerating, you guys, the country of Greece, the entire country almost went belly up. For real. This is a real deal. We went into a recession. You guys want to try and find jobs in a depression in 10 years if we don't deal with this? This is a big deal, isn't it? Like you see how some of this stuff hits the screen? Like if we don't deal with some of this stuff in the United States of America, it's going to destroy us, isn't it? Right? Someone last class brought one up that I think I'll even mention right now. But what about heroin use in DuPage County? It is out of control, <coughs> isn't it? If we don't deal with this, it's going to start destroying more and more families and kids, right? Crazy. Um, that's on the macro level. What about just Wheaton Academy? How's gossip? Is it getting better at this school? If it's not getting better, what are we going to do about it? It's going to do what to our school? It's going to ruin this amazing culture we have, isn't it? It really will. Or someone actually in the other class, which I hadn't thought about, but 
you guys are doing okay as seniors with technology and one-to-one -one stuff. How are the freshmen doing, though? Now, bless them, but how are they doing? Not that great, right? Think of the sixth graders. Like, is this going away? Is it getting better? Nah, we better get on top of it, right? Because imagine if we don't build self-control around technology. What will happen? Oh my gosh, right? We're done. We get, so we get the idea. Are we tracking? Yes? Okay, so here we go. So it's true. I love that. So it's true. Like, you're right, Mr. B. This stuff really is happening, not just in the movie, right? The king? Holy cow! <laughs> I love that. This is the shield to his heir. Yes. The king is on the journey. And heir to the throne of Tom. Hmm. How about Gondor has no king. That's not true. Gondor needs no king. That's not true. <laughs> He's supposed to be watching the throne until Aragorn gets Aragorn back. Aragorn is right. 
cannot use it. You have only one choice. Which really isn't the choice. The ring must be destroyed. What are we working for? Take on abortion by blowing up the abortion clinics. Is that gonna work? No, you can't just use force. Use the enemy's weapons they against the enemy. Be destroyed, dimly, son of glory, by any craft The ring was made in the fires of Mount Doom. Only there can it be unmade. It must be taken deep into Mordor and cast back into the fiery chasm from whence it came. One of you must do this. Right? Look at you. I think you're looking, you're looking right at you guys, right? <laughs> I love how Peter Jackson set this up. Is in the movie theater, he's just staring at the audience. Like, this is really, it really is where this gets into our lap. Because he says, one of you must do this. Now, that's talking about the ring, but what about our ring? Right? So, who's going to do it? Who's going to, in this room, who's going to take on porn, the whole porn industry? And lust in our culture, who's got it? Nobody? Okay, then I guess it's just going to get worse. Like, I'm, I'm, being, this is, I'm being serious right now. If, if you guys won't, uh, by the way, how are the adults doing? Not doing it. So if you guys won't, you want me to go to some other high school? This is one of the best high schools in America that's a Christian high school. You guys are equipped better than any. I can drive down the street, I guess, and ask somebody else, who's going to do it? You got it? All right. Now, ready? Easy or hard? Well, it's not a pot, but but it feels like it. That's that whole one does not walk in the mark. Like it feels like it, but part of like, if you guys won't do it, who's gonna do it? Who wants to take on corporate greed? By the way, thank you. Who's gonna take on corporate greed? No. Okay. Like okay. Um. How about sex trafficking? Who wants to take on sex trafficking and stop sex? You got that one? All right, we got a few. Work together. There we go. Well, it's got to end this thing, and someone's got to do it, right? How about uh, poverty? Who wants to join Bono, Compassion, and World Vision in ending poverty? Got a couple people to do that? Okay, good. Like, part of me is like, we've, who's going to do it? Because this is where it's not about homework anymore. This is about we need people to take on these very real things. And if we don't take them on, what will happen? They're gonna destroy us. They're gonna destroy us. What are some other ones that you guys can think of? Racism. Huh? Racism. Racism, there you go. And I think like, think back. We've got a legacy of people saying, I'll do it. And it's been a hard road, hasn't it? And we still got a long ways to go. So who's gonna continue that one? All right, we got a couple here. Who's got it? Oh, come on, here we go. How about some more? Please, we mentioned the heroin. Anyone want to take on heroin in DuPage County? I know, right? That's a big one. Hard. 
How about just gossip it wah? Who wants to take on gossip it wah? There we are, right? See, we don't deal with it. It's not going to go. See, the way to frame this, you guys, is this is your world. You're 16, 17, 18, 19. This is your world. I'm talking about your stuff. Someone's got to do it, right? I think it starts with, I'll do it. <laughs> like, okay, right? Like, someone's got to do it. Pretty profound to think about it like that. Other ones? Yeah. Unnecessary violence. Yeah, I just think like hatred and the, the violence in our culture with all the, the now I'm not going anti-gun per se, but I'm just saying like the way that we're using guns in our culture has gotten really unhealthy, right? We've got a lot of violence in our culture. Let's take that on. <laughs> Easy or hard? And can you use violence to do it? Oh my gosh, like, holy cow, like, ah, we good? Are you guys getting the idea here? Like, let's keep watching. I love this. Awkward pause. <laughs> They're like, there it is. So we have those doubts that creep in, it's overwhelming, it's really hard, Sauron's a big bad enemy, and then what happens? Anybody a little sick and tired of all the adults arguing over how to do it? All the denominational bickering? All the political garbage? Right? Like, how do we solve poverty? Then we fight over how to do it instead of what? Solving poverty. You know, like, I think the enemy laughs at us when we argue about this stuff and waste our time and energy fighting over how to do it versus doing it, right? What was that? You could hardly even hear him, right? But I love that and this image is great. Look at the little guy. Here's all the smart adults with all the resumes and all the experience and all that kind of stuff. They're arguing. And this guy's like, I'll do it. <laughs> Does he have any idea what he's doing? No, and that, but that's, like half, that's half of Tolkien's point. It starts with what? A willingness. That's, I like this metaphor for that reason. It starts with, I'll do it, <laughs> right? I don't even know where Mordor is. I'm tiny. I mean, it's really interesting to consider. I have no experience. I'm not equipped. It, no, it starts with a willingness, and that's huge. Uh, this is where Jesus is like, you want to follow me? You want to come on? Who wants to follow me, right? And he actually picked a bunch of them were teenagers. I mean, Andrew, James, and John, Peter, what teenagers? Who changed the world? You know, I think Luke was a doctor and Paul was probably an elder, but a bunch of them were a bunch of teenagers who were like, we'll follow you. What are, what are we doing? <laughs> Holy cow. Right? And I, I like that image. Keep going. I will take it. See, once, we, once we're willing, 
Watch what Tolkien writes now into this story. Some of you might remember this from Chapel. And then you get what? Matt Hockett will help you out, right? Or, or who is that? That's Holtrop will help you out, right? Or you get a Margaret Becker or a Brittany Clinky or a Jeff Brook will help you out, right? You don't have to do this by yourself. I, don't, I can't do it by myself. The king will kneel and wash your feet and help you do this, right? You get Luke Regan. Get yeah, Sean McCallum. Yeah. Right, Sean McCallum will help me out. Yes. He's a total Lego decision. You get a Musso, right? Or a Thornton. Or you get big warriors who are ready to fight, right? And then you get a who? You get your friend, which is essential. You get a Sam and a Mary and a Pippin. Okay, you're so cute. We're coming too. That's the kind of stuff. Anyway, you need people with intelligence for this sort of So great. Quest thing. Mission quest thing. What? Okay, so you'll be married. Fellowship of the Ring. You are the body of Christ. You are 1 Corinthians 12. Like, there it is, right? And see, it's not... I'm, I'm glad. This is where there's no shame, no guilt. I'm glad you all didn't raise your hands earlier. You're kind of not supposed to. Is everybody in here a Frodo? No. No, I think this is the key here. Some of you are Frodo's. Some of you are Aragorn's. And you're leaders. And you should be leaders. And you got charisma. And you need to lead. Some of you are wizards. You're like crazy with math and chemistry and physics. Like have a ball, change the world. Right? Some of you, some of you are like Gandalf spiritually. You've got powerful gifts of healing and prophecy, and use that stuff for the kingdom. Some of you are like a Legolas here with a really amazing vision and lots of wisdom and experience. Or maybe a Boromir who likes to fight. Like Jimmy, I get the job done, right? Or Sam. Some of you are Sam. Some of you like to cook. And we need to eat. And we need good food. Right? And that's awesome. And he's a loyal friend. And he's Sam. Sam's awesome. Right? And some of you are Mary and a Pippin. What do they offer to the fellowship? Joy. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit. Joy. Loyalty. Friendship. Fun. Read Bob Goff's book called Love Does. It's all about whimsy and the joy of serving Jesus and just having a fun time doing it, right? I think that's part of the story. Like, think about it. Take these two, take Mary and Pippin off the quest. And what's the story like? Right? It's totally different. They add so much, right? And we might underestimate them. And so here's your Bible teacher trying to give you a lesson saying, who's going to take the rings, right? We have some Frodo's in the room, but the other side of it is, well, what about a Gandalf? Who's, we got an, a Gandalf, do we got an Aragorn who wants to help? Do we have a Gimli or a Legolas? And you guys on your test, right, filled out that character connection moment. 
And you know, I often do that as part of the final exam, is go write an essay on a character connection. We've got plenty to do, don't worry. So we're not going to do that right now. But you can see where that fits in is, who are you connecting with and how? And a lot of people ask me, so who are you, Mr. D? Well, I think in this scenario, in this, I mean, I love Legolas. <laughs> but in this scenario, I'm probably more like an Elrond. I'm going to stay, I'm going to hang out here at Rivendell. What am I trying to get you guys to do? Go, go, right? And I'm doing my thing, trying to teach and inspire and guide, right? And I'm fine with that. We tracking? Do we get that lesson? Does that click? Right? And here's the scoop. Let me throw this out there. Like, you guys, if we're not going to do this, what are we doing? Like, this is for me where I'm kind of waving my arms around and maybe even talking a little louder than usual. But if all this philosophy class and all this trustless and all this theology does not culminate in you getting out there and doing something, we've probably wasted our time, right? Because then it's all just talk. And I just listened to it this morning in the verse that says that the gospel without power, you know, talk without power, if we're not going to do some faith without works, let's go do something and fight evil. Paul even says to live is Christ, to die is gain. It's fine. Waiting to get to heaven is fine. But if we're here and we are, let's do something. Let's bring the kingdom in. That's the point. God could have saved us and taken us straight to heaven. And he left us here. Fair enough? Now, Normally, we would end here. I think a lot of teachers do end. A lot of pastors and youth pastors and teachers and parents end here. They're like, go be a Frodo. Or actually, what they'll often do is like, everybody's an Aragorn. Does that work? No, or everybody's a Frodo. Does that work? No, I've got to watch out for that. A lot of people have told you that you're a leader and you're not. <laughs> right? Like, and no offense here, but some of you signed up for Project Lead, and you're like, oh my gosh, I am not a leader. And that was awesome that you signed up for it, and you learned that, and then don't do it again, <laughs> right? Go be a Pippin, or go be a Legolas, or something, right? Some of you are like, I am a leader, and then go be one. I think what's really important is this little second minute of this lesson. This, this falls apart, you guys. But we have a Sam who's like, ooh, I like that blonde hair of Legolas and those pointy ears, and I want to be an elf. What would happen if Sam spent all of his time trying to be Legolas? Would it, would it work? No. And, we'd have, and then we, would, we wouldn't have who? We wouldn't have Sam. We love Sam. We need Sam, right? What if Gandalf is like, yeah, this whole wizard thing, I'm kind of done with the wizard thing. I want to be more like Gimli. Whoa, 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 Gandalf. You need to be Gandalf, right? Or if, if Aragorn's like, too much responsibility, I don't really like this whole leader thing, everybody's looking to me for answers, I want to be Pippin. Oops, right? Some of you are leaders, and you're trying to be Pippins. And some of you are Pippins, and you're trying to be Gandalfs. I mean, it's just not working, right? And so I think we have to consider, like, you need to be who? You who God made you to be. Do the Gallup Strength Finder thing. Go do some spiritual gift inventories. I've got one online, and there's a church probably has one. Go spend high school and college figuring out who you are, what you're good at, what you like, and then be the best you. The reason why I think many of us like Lord of the Rings and like watching it for another thousand pages 
these guys are who they are. They're good at who they are. They like who they are. They're not trying to be somebody else, and they're getting along pretty well. And and it's cool to watch, isn't it? Like that fellowship is really cool. Fair enough. So see, that gets a little dicey with uh, Boromir later. We can talk about that tomorrow, but. The concept works really well. You had a hand up. Oh, I just want to say that was like Nate Urban's message last year. Do you remember that? Like I do. That can't be Superman. <laughs> Go Nate Urban, right? I, I love that. Like, and I've had that my my own journey on that. I think I have a minute for that one. But there was a while where like, ooh, I want to be Tolkien. I want to write those types of stories, or I want to be a C.S. Lewis. <laughs> and I'm not them. <laughs> I'm Mr. D. And I like being Mr. D, and I just need to be happy with being Mr. D and be the best Mr. D I can be. Because if I try to be a C.S. Lewis, A, I won't be. And B, then I'll stop being Mr. D, right? So there's, there's a lot in that. And there's a beautiful humility in that, but God honors that, too, in a, in a profound way. Questions, thoughts, concerns? Because otherwise we're going to, that, that's one of the main lessons of this class. Hopefully you caught it. Like, let's get out there, let's go destroy rings, let's figure out who we are in the fellowship, and let's give this some feet, right? Um, other thoughts or comments that you want to add before we move on, because we're going to head to Moria and go kill a Balrog. Onward? Uh, it's fun to watch the end of this clip. So. You shall be the fellowship of the ring. Right. <laughs> It's so great. He's like, what? <laughs> oh, it's so fun. All right. Um, I'm going to kind of move us along now. So we are at Rivendell. Let me get us to Moria in the video clip, and then we'll draw it on the map, and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Freaky Bilbo scene. Right. Oh, there she is. Oh, so cute. All right. And then here we go. <laughs> I love that. Wait, what the heck? Where do I go? All right. This is where uh, Howard Shore makes the big bucks, right? <laughs> Holy cow. With all the music. Uh, TLA. Right, BFF? No? no? It's, it's, it's what, what, what is this? What would be the acronym? It's they love each other. Oh, you know TLA? True Love Always? Oh, that's high school for me right there. TLA. That's a new one. All right. All right, Howard Shore. Kick it in for us. Helicopter shots. Big music score. Oh, I got to turn this down. I'm taking a test next door. No, that's that's New Zealand. I know. Isn't that crazy? I want to go. That's why it's so stunning. Like this is New Zealand. Some, there's a few bit, but Mordor is CGI. Most of this is just helicopter shots, like that. Isn't that crazy? All right, all right. They go, they're wrestling a little bit here. They get attacked by the, the spy birds. And then Karadras, the big mountain, right? We gotta go up the mountain, got a little ring moment here. And then Saruman is attacking them. 
Yikes. How'd that go? Yeah, not so good. So they have to turn around. They choose to go into Moria. They get attacked by the big, like, Kraken right outside the door there, right? Mm -hmm. Yikes. Not good. Oh, they realize that the place is death. Uh-oh. Oh. Oops. Oh, wait. We want to back it up. I want to get to this one spot. Sorry. This isn't a good spot, right? They are at the. They are now in Moria, and he says we only have one choice, which is like we have to go forward because the doors get broken behind them. So now they have to go under the mountains. They were expecting Erebor, right? Remember the beginning of the Hobbit. Those who've seen it, this big, amazing dwarf kingdom. They were expecting another big, awesome dwarf kingdom, and death is the map. But we'll get to that in just a second. Okay, so. Before we get to Moria, I kind of wanted to lump those two together so we can talk about them a little bit, and then we're going to watch the Balrog scene at the end. All right? So, to get to Moria here, we need to go from Rivendell down some of the mountains here. So, if you want to follow along on your map, you can. We are at the little, tri the little triangle of Rivendell. We are on the western side of the Misty Mountains, little Misty Mountain Hop. Shout out to Led Zeppelin. Go see. All right. And they go down the western side of the mountain. You'll notice that about an inch down on your map, there's like this little mountain that's got its little boot sticking out there. That's where the ravens come or whatever. So they go up over that little boot. And then go to the word Holland. You see Areglon and Holland? You see those two words? Yes? So Areglon and Holland. Next to the word Holland, there's three big mountains. The middle mountain is the red mountain called Karadras. Right at the bottom of it is a little tiny lake that looks like an eye. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Right? So that's Karadras. They don't make it. So then they go back out to the word Holland, down to the word Moria, and it says Moria Gate. There's a little arrow there. Go right up to the edge of the mountains, and instead of going over the mountains, they now do what? They go under the mountain. So I usually have my line go where that arrow is and then jump to the other side where the lake is and they come out on the other side by that lake. Um, if you want to, by the end of the class we'll probably end up here, but they go down that river towards Lorien, right? And that's where Loch Lorien is and that's where they're going to end up. We'll end up at class today. So do they go in and then out? So they go up over, they try to go over the mountain, doesn't work, so then they go back out and they go underneath it. Does anybody need help finding the red mountain Karadras? It's the middle one, right? Yes, the middle big one. So it's going to be a one, two, three. It's that one right there. Oh, um, one, two, three. It's the one right above the little lake. Yeah. So there's a little river called the Kellebrant, and it's a little lake at the top that looks like an eye. Anybody else need help finding it? Are we good? Are we good? Okay. Um, lots of things happen here, but uh, let's do the mountain one first. I mean, obvious metaphor for the mountain, 
What happened? They, by the way, they should be able to go over this. I mean, there's a mountain pass. They should be able to walk up and over the mountain and go to the other side. And they, they can't. They fail. So they try to go one way. It doesn't work. So they have to reroute. Right? They have to go a different direction. Uh, I think many of us have already had to do that in our lives. Right? We're trying something and it doesn't work. We try out for soccer and we don't get, uh, you know, try lacrosse and try the musical. We don't make the musical. Like we try out for the, we try out for a college and don't get accepted, so we got to go somewhere else. Our plans change. Yeah. Is that in a way kind of like the post, like church camp crash? Hmm. I, I, like nice. as as I was watching it, I kind of like because they're coming from Rivendale. Yeah. And I, I just yeah. kind of saw that a little. I like that. That's nice, right? Like, yeah, everything's awesome. We're on a big high. Let's go. Yay. The retreat was amazing. And then <laughs> doesn't work so well. That, that's a great metaphor. I like that. That would work well. Um, I think for some of us, it's going to be somewhere on our journey where we get fired from a job or we get kicked out of a class or whatever. Something happens and we have to go a different route. Yes. Are we at Karadras? That's the mountain, Karadras. Yeah? Is this kind of saying that when you have to turn around from your mountain, you have to go into dark places? Yeah, so thank you. You already jumped ahead. I, if you guys haven't noticed, Tolkien coupled, he puts a lot of these together, right? So you've got the, the willow tree and then the barrel down. You've got, I screw up at Bree and then I screw up at Weathertop. So you've got a couple of these that are like together, the two people fighting for the battles. So now we're, we're trying to go over the mountain and we can't, so we go a different way and then we go into this dark journey, right? I would throw this out there. The reason why I stopped it here is once they're inside Moria, do they have another option but to go through Moria? No. So they have, the only option here is a dark path where someone could die. It's going to be a mess, but we have to what? We got to do it. The difference with Karadras is if they go up the mountain, could they keep going? They actually could. Boromir would probably make it, Gandalf would probably make it, Aragorn would probably make it, but the hobbits, the hobbits would probably die. So the thing is, is if we can plow ahead and keep going, but we might sacrifice some of our group members, right? Are there other options? Yes. And I think that's the key. Even if they're dark, we at least know that we can save everybody now and try a different way. Yeah? Yeah. I like that metaphor. Um, it's a painful one, but I like it. Yeah. Other things from the mountain. Someone said last class it's like a big storm in your life. I think that's a good one, like a storm or a tempest. Uh, might be caused by Saruman, might just be a storm. Uh, if you read the book, you get the sense it's like Tibet, right? Where who decides who climbs Everest? The mountain does, you know, like the mountain's alive. It's like get the ring off me, like what? You know, it's like some of that kind of thing. Um, we good? Do we have enough for that one? Let me give you guys then personal moment here. Uh, some of you are not going to like this metaphor, and I'm kind of prepping you for that, and that's fine. You don't have to like it. I someone's got to say it, so I'll be the one to say it. And I'm going to start with missionaries. And I love missionaries. I've got a lot of missionary friends who do it well and are very healthy. But I also have had family members who are missionaries and friends who are missionaries who don't do it well and it's very unhealthy. This is the classic scenario of we're on a quest, right? We're going to go fight evil. 
We're going to bring the gospel to people who don't know it. Let's be missionaries. And this husband or this dad is like, we're going on, we're going to be missionaries. We're going to move to the mission field. And the kids are like, no, I don't want to go. And the wife is like, eh, not really, I don't feel called to it. Well, it's for Jesus, so let's go. And then they go, and their family's falling apart, and people are getting sick, and they're sacrificing, and they're getting a divorce. And But it was for the kingdom. <laughs> so I just sacrificed my family for the kingdom. Is that biblical? No. It's in Timothy. Paul says to Timothy, you are worse than the unbeliever if you don't take care of your family. That's pretty bad. Right? So I think we got to watch out for if there are other options, which there are there, the mission, you, know, you can come home and do something different or someone else can go or not have a family and then go on the mission. Like There's other options here. But if you're going to sacrifice your family for the kingdom, not cool. Now, I know plenty of missionary families who it's hard, long hours, making lots of sacrifices. The kids are on board. Husband and wife are on board. They're one big team, and they're making it work. We good there? No problem. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know that, um, like, when Jesus, like, is the story of love. Oh, go ahead. Um, where um, he's like, no man that looks, puts his hand to the plow or has yeah. looks back is fit for, like, the kingdom. And, yeah. like, the man's like, let me just go say goodbye to my family, and I'll follow you. Yeah. Like, keep that. Yes. I think there's something to be said for that, right? Uh, I would agree. There's another verse you got to hate your mother, mother and father, and you know, me first. The key here is like if I said that, sorry, Jen and twins, I got to go follow Jesus and screw you. Is that what Jesus is saying? <laughs> no. But there is something to be said. Like if Jesus is calling me this way and your family won't come, I think a better scenario. Some of the international students at Reed Academy are having a real moment. I had this one kid when I was teaching at Houghton Academy, who his, he was um, an international kid from Islamic country, and his family was hardcore Muslim, right? And in my class, he became a Christian, which was awesome. His family said, don't come home for Christmas break. Actually, they disowned him. I think that's what Jesus is talking about, though. Like, you got to love me more than your family there. Ugh. And he picked his family. I mean, he picked Jesus, not his family. It was really hard. He ended up doing a big fast. They said, don't come home for summer break. Don't ever come home. Oh, my gosh, right? But he picked Jesus. You see the difference there versus me just saying, sorry, Anna and Eli, got to follow Jesus. Like, is that <laughs> big difference there in regards to the responsibility side of thing and then shoot who you're going to pick, right? Does that help? Yeah, and you know what's kind of cool, the end of that story is his family became Christian. Pretty cool. It took about four years and a lot of pain, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. He's one of the people I know who did a 40-day fast. Right? I was like, oh my gosh. Oh. Right? And for his family and for Christ. Like, it was powerful. Guy was on a journey. See the difference, though? Let's make it more personal. There's a lot of teachers. There's a lot of pastors and youth pastors who, sorry family, you know, more people need some help for Jesus and they're screwing over their families for the kingdom. Does that work? No, it doesn't work. Um, I think what gets even more painful is when we've got moms and dads who are working 80 hours a week, right, for a bigger house. Sorry family, 
but I got to go do my career here and never see you and never care for you. And by the way, I got you a nice big house that I'm never in. You're like, does that work? See, here's the key. If there's other options. And are there other options? Yes, have a smaller house, get a different job. Right? There are other options there. My dad, I love my dad. He was an awesome doctor, but he would do 14 or 15 surgeries a day because there was lots of need and he was really good at it. Right? And then he was on the board at church and then he was an elder and all this kind of stuff. I saw him for maybe 10 minutes a day in high school. At one point, it might have been 10 minutes a week. He was a total workaholic. Now, he was doing good stuff. I love him, but I never saw him. Bummer. Actually, my pastor confronted him when I was in college. It's like, ah, oh, shoot, a little late. When my pastor confronted him, and my dad actually cut his surgery schedule in half, which cut income down, right? And he said no to some of the church stuff, which is saying no to church stuff? Are you allowed to do that? <laughs> yes, you are when you have nine kids. And he says, notice some church stuff. He cuts down his work schedule and he ended up spending more time with the family. And he died recently after that. But I got to watch my dad do one of the hardest things to do, which is trim down stuff and choose that. It's really hard to do. Fair enough? Is that making sense? Now, please make sure you hear me. It's fine to work hard. <laughs> I work hard. Working hard is fine. And there's going to be sacrifices, that's fine. It's when you, like, leave them in the dust and say, screw you to your family. Not cool. There are a lot of angry teenagers out there. I know them. And actually, I get it. A lot of them should be angry because they, they've been left behind. It's really sad. They've been sacrificed on the altar of the kingdom for a career. Not cool. And the Bible says not to do that. It says it very clearly. Here's the interesting thing to throw out there. I know plenty of people with big houses and lots of money and nice cars. Cards? Well, maybe. Nice cars. They're really wealthy. I'm, again, I'm not against any of that either. If you can do it in a sustainable way and take care of your family. I know lots of people who are really rich and really involved and really political and really sold out for Jesus. And they're loving their families and taking care of their families. Sweet. If they can do that, great. We talking? Questions on that? Now I know that's personal. It's meant to be. Right? Oh, right. It's meant to be personal. Um, I had someone in the last class say, "Well, Mr. D, that that feels like it might be something that's more out in the future for us." I'm like, "Well, maybe it is." When should you start thinking about that? No. Exactly. You should start. Thank you, Marcus. We should start thinking about that stuff now because you're going to build habits. You're going to build work habits and career habits now and in college, right? All right. Keep going. So they end up in Moria. I'll turn the lights off, but they end up in Moria. A few thoughts on Moria. Moria is pretty straightforward. If you watch the movie, it makes a lot of sense. If you've read the book, even more so. All right, but let's do a few minutes on Moria and then we'll kill the Balrog. What happens in Moria? Is Moria the cave? Moria is dark. There is death here. Literature, literature people will call this uh, the journey into the underworld on the epic quest and adventure. Everybody's got it. Odysseus has it. Luke Skywalker has it. Probably Harry Potter. I don't know. Like Anybody on a big epic adventure has this dark night of the soul. Dark moment. Hard moment. Moments of depression. Moments of fear. Moments of doubt. This is that dark part. Fair enough? There's death, there's decay, there's sickness, there's pain. Yeah? Did you write this 
sure. I think this could be mistakes with some pretty hard, dark consequences. Yeah, that could fit in there. Okay, I don't know. I was just trying to write that down before I hear anything. Well, here's one that I think is a big mistake. What does Pippin do? It's pretty innocent, but what does he do? He's throwing rocks down a well and hits the Balrog in the eye, you know, like, oops. <laughs> right? Huh? Oh, but I think it's a big, like, it's, it's maybe not overt, but he shouldn't have been doing that, right? So there's a mistake there. Or just generally speaking, this is going to be part of our journey, right? They have battle here. They have to fight off trolls, all right? You can see some of this stuff here as we look at it. Uh, as we scroll through this, Gandalf has to make a big hard decision and he doesn't remember, so he has to use wisdom. Uh, Gollum is following them. That's a little freaky. There he is, right? So Gollum is in there. Get some wisdom from Gandalf. They get to this place where there's death, family members are dead, not only expected, and then they get attacked. The troll attacks them, Frodo gets stabbed, but the chainmail shirt saves him. They have to fight off a troll. Holy cow, lots of metaphor options. And that, I know. See, and I think that's the difference. Like, what's an orc, and then what's a troll? Whoa. Right? <laughs> yeah. Now, I often, in my metaphors for Lord of the Rings, I like to suggest that orcs can represent fear, temptation, doubt, anxiety. It fits the bill for a lot of those things. And what do you do to kill them? Just chop them up with your sword, right? So that fits well. Now this is pretty dark. Sometimes we feel like this, right after a mess up especially. I've had this in my life. Now here's an interesting thing, like that picture of them surrounded by fear, surrounded by doubt, surrounded by temptation, surrounded by sin. You see that? All those orcs, right? But now the orcs are getting scared. So if the orcs represent those things, what's this next thing? Yeah. What was that? Yeah, <laughs> right. It should be, but it's not. Right? The Balrog. They're scared of it. This is bad news, something big. Yeah, I like how you said that. That's good, that's good analysis. I know the stairwell scene is pretty cool and they're like wobbling and some awesome CGI stuff and then they jump and never toss a dwarf. It's all good. What is this thing <laughs> in our metaphor land? Holy cow. 
look at that thing, right? In the Great Divorce, it was a little lizard on their shoulder, and now what is this? <laughs> Whoa, right? And so I want to challenge you on two levels. One, for many of you, this can simply be depravity and sin. And can you and I take this thing on? No, if you're Frodo here, you can't do it. We need a who? We need Gandalf. We need Gandalf to do it, and does he? He kills this thing. He sacrifices himself for the group, and in the process dies, and he kills this thing. That's pretty powerful metaphor. Does that make sense? And thank you, Tolkien. He writes it right into the story. And so if you don't know what to do for this one, well, there you go. Right? Like, you've got a Jesus figure taking on sin for you. Now, some of you, though, want to take the metaphor a step further. And what is this? you got orcs. you got trolls. we got little lizards on the shoulders. And then we got what that we have to deal with on our quest? This is your biggest fear, your hardest question, your most painful moment in your life. And if you and I don't deal with it, it's going to do what? It'll, take, it'll ruin the quest. It'll take us off the quest, right? And so I think there's a couple layers here. This is why it's not allegory. It's metaphor. Lots of options. You can identify with a Frodo and someone dying for you. You can keep going or go with the Gandalf thing and like I'm gonna turn and face the biggest thing in my life and find some victory. on purpose like this is a big dramatic moment and it's one thing to manage a balrog let's knock a balrog off the cliff and then we can keep going on our journey right and a lot of us want to manage our sin manage our depravity manage our biggest deepest darkest thing we want to manage it and just knock it down a hole what does gandalf do he chooses to take himself off the quest for a while to do what kill that thing that's awesome Right? And, to and Peter Jackson kind of makes it like he is choosing to go, isn't he? You watch the opening clip of the Two Towers movie, and he fights this thing and kills it and dies in the process. And it's worth it. Go team. How did you choose? Here he goes. No! And... And what's another part 
of our journeys, what happens on our journeys. Yeah, we lose people. Yeah, I lost my dad. I think of the Lefflers. They lost their Gandalf, right? Like, this is how we got to keep going. Some of you in this room know this. You know what it's like to lose a member of the fellowship, to lose a friend or a family member to death. It's hard. We got to get DeLorean and cry. We also got to keep going on our journeys, right? You guys are awesome today. Go destroy some rings and kill some Balrogs, all right? I know that was a lot of information. You guys did a great job today, though. Thank you for that. We'll see you tomorrow, okay? All right. Yo. Here, one sec. Let me do this. I'm going to stop recording real quick. Unless you want me to record. <laughs>